Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in today. Whether you are at pathdesign.com listening to the audio only or you are on our YouTube channel watching, thank you for tuning in today and for following the program. If you want to like, subscribe, all those things, share these videos if you feel it's of value, do that. There's a million and one options to go and share and to watch. It's all over the whole internet. I understand that. So that's why I say thank you for choosing to watch this one in case we land on anything that Yahweh would say is true and for us today. Now, what are we talking about? How to become a man of faith? And we're examining a few more layers, a little bit deeper of the account of Abraham and Isaac that we see in Genesis chapter 22. And what we talked about for a tiny bit of review in part one, in case there's a gap in between you watching these videos, of course, is we talked about Abraham's pattern of quickly saying, here I am, and a pattern of getting up early in the morning and going. He, he, I ended part one with saying it's almost like um, Abraham was excited, anticipatory towards going and seeing what Yahweh would do. Now, I have to be honest. I have one son. If Yahweh chose to test me in such a manner, I'm just being completely honest. Even knowing this pattern, knowing this biblical pattern that I'm studying and sharing with you today, I'm not sure I would be so quick to obey. I would hope so. Man, I want to be, but I'm not sure I would scurry out um, before sunrise in the morning, packed and ready to go, to take my son and place him on an altar to offer him up to Yahweh Elohim. Now, here's the thing. The reason that I would not be so fast to do that, like we see Abraham, in all honesty, and I would propose this for you to consider as well to see if you fit this category, I don't know my Elohim enough. I don't know Yahweh's character enough to see him as entirely trustworthy. Abraham knew his Elohim, Yahweh, so well. He could be a man of faith that moved into action that proved he was a man of faith because he, in his mind, I believe that we're going to tackle here and what I said was the meat of this message. He knew Yahweh has to operate and function within his own law. He has to function within his own character. And I'm going to propose something that may be hard for some of us to understand. And if we do understand what I'm saying, which I hopefully will be able to do, it's going to be hard to receive because you may not have heard it this way before. This may really offend you and cause you to ask some questions that maybe you don't want to ask. Because what we're going to do here in the middle of this message right now is we're going to say, does Abraham offering his son Isaac on an altar with bloodshed, is, does that fit Yahweh's character? Are we shown anywhere in the word of Elohim that Yahweh is pleased by the sacrifice life of a human being? That is a very tough question. Most people can't go there. I'll just say that from the beginning. If you hear that and all of a sudden you've got all these concerns firing off about Jesus, Yeshua, friend, you need to just listen to what I'm going to propose for your consideration. And there will be more questions than there are answers. I'm just going to be honest. Me and several other brothers for probably going on, I don't know, nine months now, we've been talking about Yeshua 
and his function. Who was this Messiah, son of Elohim? Who was he? And how come some of the things that happened don't seem to line up with what pleases Yahweh? Right over here, one degree over, is penal substitutionary atonement. I'm not smart enough to just throw that around casually. I'm adding to my understanding, which says this. PSA is basically summarized by saying, Yahweh, God, is so angry at man's sin and rebellion, all the way back to the garden. He's so infuriated with wrath because he's holy and men are sinful that his wrath and anger had to fall upon someone to be appeased. Christian doctrine would say that was poor, lowly Jesus. He took our punishment and God's anger had to be released somehow. And so he did that by killing his son. All I'm going to say about that is, does that fit Yahweh's character? I'm pausing on purpose. Does violently killing his own son fit Yahweh's character that we see throughout the word? Are we told throughout the word of Elohim that Yahweh God is pleased by the sacrifice of a human being? Okay, the, okay. so let's simplify. The scriptures, capital S, scriptures that, that Shaul Paul talks about that are good for our teaching, for our learning, okay? The capital S scriptures that, that the first, second, third century church was birthed out of, okay? The Torah and the prophets, which was sufficient for salvation. On the other side of Yeshua himself coming and fulfilling everything that it pointed to so that he could come, fulfill it to the utmost, go back up as great high priest that he will function in forever. And they still point to what? His coming return. His second coming and dwelling amongst us. Okay? They are still, as we're told in the Newer Testament, they are still pointing towards a coming day. Okay? Now, that's a mouthful, I understand, so let's get back to the point. How did Abraham determine what was going to happen? Okay, because as we established in part one, I'd like to think, he, he seemingly opposed Yahweh's testing and command for him specifically, individually, to take your son up the mountain and kill him. Offer him to me as a burnt offering on an altar. I believe, and I'm going to propose according to Scripture now, that Abraham knew Yahweh would not require that. For some of you, that will be really out there. and seems impossible, but I want to humbly present a consideration that this may be true according to the Scriptures alone and not what we've been told. Okay? And so let's do that. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read several Scriptures that are all together. Um, we'll just kind of jump around. I'll give references. And you can look them up for yourself and see, okay, is this a pattern? Because, again, what are we trying to uh, 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 display here? We're trying to put on a wall the character of Yahweh. I believe that's what Abraham did as a man of faith. And I believe that is what I can feel this like in my guts. We can be men of faith that are not just blind faith individuals. Well, God said it, whatever. Amen. Bless God. Well, Frank, can you explain why and, and, and out of what 
context he may have why would he say that and what what if what was presented here sounds like it disagrees with what he said there sadly the christian church has looked real ignorant for real long <laughs> because they just say well brother i'm sorry you just don't understand faith you just got to be a man of faith like abraham i don't believe abraham was a man of blind faith i believe he knew yahweh's character okay such as i'm going to read some verses and again let's keep in mind yahweh is is seemingly asking abraham very clearly to take his son up a mountain and offer him as a sacrifice to him on an altar does that fit with yahweh's character some verses for your consideration leviticus chapter 18 verse 21 you shall not let any of your seed pass through the fire to molech defile not yourselves in any of these things for in all the on in all of these the nations are defiled which i cast out before you okay leviticus 20 verse 2 whosoever he be of the children of israel or of the strangers that sojourn with you in israel that gives any of his seed unto molech he shall surely be put to death the people of the land shall stone him with stones. Now, if you don't know, Molech worship was child sacrifice. The worship of Molech was human sacrifice. It was what defined Molech worship, okay? We have to know that, and I should, should have mentioned that at the very beginning, in case you don't know, which is understandable. Now, here are um, several verses. One is Deuteronomy chapter 12, 30 and 31. Take heed to yourself that you should not be snared by following the nations. After that, they be destroyed from before you, and that you inquire not after their Elohim, their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, their Elohim? Even so will I do likewise. You shall not do so unto Yahweh your Elohim, for every abomination of the Lord which he hates have they done unto their Elohim. For even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fire to their gods. Okay? So there is a distinction. Do not do unto Yahweh your Elohim what the nations do, which is offer up human sacrifices to their Elohim. Okay? This is very clear. 2 Kings 16.3 Ahaz made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen whom Yahweh casts out before the children of Israel. Um, there's so many. Uh, here's another one. Um, Psalm 106, 37 through 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Okay, let's just stop there. There's, there's many others. This is what I'm proposing. I believe Abraham knew Yahweh's character so well. He knew Yahweh would not demand that of him. He knew that he, Yahweh, was trustworthy to not demand he do something to the utmost that opposed his ways. Okay, what, what did we just read? I mean, I, I'm not going to go back and read them. And again, I have eight more, okay? And that was just only taking 
30 minutes towards that specifically. It polluted the land, this blood, this bloodshed, okay? It was sacrificed innocent blood unto demons, okay? False idols, abominations of the heathens. Do, and there was the one in what? In Deuteronomy chapter 12, this one, of course, is the heavy hitter. You shall not do unto Yahweh your Elohim what the nations do to serve their Elohim, which was to what? Offer their sons on an altar. I believe that because of this and many more things that Abraham was privy to, because you could say, well, this is all written after Abraham. Abraham didn't know this. This hadn't been written yet. Okay, well then, <laughs> how did he know to build an altar? How did he know what a burnt offering was? Well, a burnt offering's in, in Leviticus, and a burnt offering appears throughout the, the generations of Yahweh's people. Altars. Before we're told specifics and exact um, specifications of things, these things, I believe, were already given. They were already known. These men, men of faith, already had been told what to do to please their Elohim. And I believe, as much as I'm sitting here right now, the meat of this, how to become a man of faith, I believe Abraham knew the character of Yahweh so well, he knew Yahweh would not ultimately demand the life of his son on an altar with a knife. I would, I would put into your court of consideration, is that possible that that is why Abraham could get up early in the morning? That's why he went up that mountain and said, come on, son, let's go. We're going to worship Yahweh, y'all. We're going to worship our Elohim together, and we're coming back down again because this defied what Yahweh commanded him to do. He was disagreeing. Why? I believe because in his heart of hearts, where his faith lived, at the, the, the source of his faith, deep down in there, he knew Yahweh's not going to require this of me because this disagrees with what pleases him. Is that possible, friend? Is that possible for consideration? I think we have to ask that question. To repeat myself on purpose, Abraham was a man of great faith because he knew Yahweh's character. He knew that Yahweh wouldn't operate outside the boundaries of his own law. He would not ask Abraham to do something that he said the heathen nations did unto their false Elohim that caused curses to come to the ground. Think about that, friend. Would Yahweh, who is holy, we, we talk about that on the program all the time. If you're new here and you don't know, he's holy because he's kadosh. He's set apart. He's distinct. There's what? We know the text. We know the word. There's none like him. Who is like our Elohim? He's the God of all gods. There's none beside him. There's none. I, when I pray, there's none beside you. There's none above you for sure. There's none even in your vicinity. You rule and reign supreme, Yahweh, Elohim. There's none like you. So what are we saying? He has 
made himself distinct, and thereby we know, and I'm to stick to the text, I believe Abraham knew there's a reason Yahweh's doing this. He is testing me. He's trying me. He is wanting to know if I'm really a man of faith, because if I'm really a man of faith, I'll do this. I'll do it, and I'll do it fast. Here I am. Here I am, Yahweh. You understand what I'm saying? I, th- I don't think, again, to make my point that I'm also being redundant with on purpose, I do not believe being a man of faith is a blind faith. I don't understand, God. Who can know you? Who can know you, God? You're just too awesome. And it's like, that's true, but that is not excusatory to just walk in ignorance and blindness to facts about who our Elohim is and who he is not and how he operates and how he functions within his own perfect law. Okay? Therefore, because because I believe and am proposing for your consideration that Abraham knew Yahweh's character so well, he could trust the process. Let's make this simple to understand. He could trust the process. He could trust the getting up in the morning. He could, he could, he could trust the three-day process. He could trust the, the questioning that he had as they're going. And as one day became two, two days became three. Oh, man, I can see the destination. I'm, oh, man, I'm, think, think about this, friend. I do this all the time. Immerse yourself into Abraham's mind and heart. This would do us so well. Don't just read the Word. Don't just read the Bible. Think about it. That's what, that's what the Word talks about. Meditate upon. Immerse yourself into the situation. What was Abraham feeling? What was he seeing? What was he thinking about? Or was he just, we're trusting God, son. Let's go. No. No, he's a man with a son whom he loved. Was he in turmoil? I don't know. In a sense, he had to be in a turmoil in the sense of where I was just headed with that, which is as he's placing stone upon stone upon stone and gathering wood. Okay, think about that. He had to continually go back to Yahweh's character. I don't understand. I would, I would propose this as a father of a son, okay? I have one son, as I already mentioned. As a father of one son whom I love, even if I'm walking in, in just full of faith and trust in my Elohim, as I'm putting stones up, I'd be thinking, Father, I know this opposes your law. I know this opposes your way. I don't understand. You don't delight in this. This is what the heathens do. This is what pollutes the land. I don't understand, Yahweh. But I'm going to be a man of faith, and I'm going to obey. I want to be like that. I don't understand, but I trust you, Father. I don't understand, but I'm putting my faith in you. Oh, great Elohim. Why? Because I know your character. I trust the process. Trust the process you're in, friend. Surely, he would have at least wondered, right? 
Surely this can't happen, Yahweh. <laughs> you don't delight in this. This is what the pagans do. But by this time, time was running out, right? <laughs> Time's running out. We know how it goes. Now, it has been over-dramatized where, you know, he's up over him with a knife and it's starting to come down and the angel stays his hand and, oh, the drama. It doesn't go that far. Proper translation, he's, he has the knife. He does pick up the knife. And, friends, that's pretty far. That's far enough. We don't need to add to the drama. Time was running out. Perhaps for consideration, as it drew closer, Abraham at least wondered if Yahweh at the very least was hopeful that if, if for whatever reason, like I'm trusting Yahweh to the end, I don't believe he's going to allow this because he doesn't delight in this. This is, this is pagan idolatry. This is not how my Elohim works. But if for whatever reason he allows this to happen, he must have at the very least, and this is all speculation, of course, he must have at the very least expected Yahweh to resurrect his son. Back to life. Why? Because he told his servants, what? We're both coming back down. We are both coming back. We will worship and return, is what he said. Speculation, yes. But Abraham clearly understood that Yahweh would have to fulfill his promise to use his seed, Isaac, to create and bless the nations. He knew Yahweh said this, so he has to do it. Yahweh, Elohim, is trustworthy. He changes not. And friend, I'll just submit this and then we'll get right back in and move on. If you read the New Testament and you have to replace the old, friend, then you're, you're not handling the word rightly. You're not dividing it rightly. And I know that's offensive to so many people I know and love. But if you read the New Testament, if you read the writings of Paul, and it replaces... If the apostolic writings disagree with and replace the Torah and the prophets, friend, you're mishandling the word of Elohim, and you are not a man of faith. You're not. You're not walking in the likeness of Father Abraham. You're not. Because you're promoting a replacement doctrine that excuses away things that don't seem to line up and agree in harmony with the Newer Testament, with the New Covenant understanding that we've been handed. And because they don't agree, you disregard the Torah and the prophets. Ah, oh, no. Dispensation. Yahweh changes not. And I believe Abraham, through his... his his living this event out with his son is declaring through all generations where we now sit and beyond how to become a man of faith. You know Yahweh's character and you hold on to that and everything else has to go. That's why he got up in the morning. That's why they scurried up the mountain. That's why the knife was in his hand because he knew the character of his Elohim. We see this in Hebrews chapter 11. We all know Hebrews 11, right? By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, right here, okay, Genesis 22, he offered up Isaac. Yes, he who had received the promises was offering up his one and only son, the one about whom it was said, through Isaac, offspring shall be named for you. He reasoned 
that Elohim was able to raise him up even from the dead, which goes back to my proposal for consideration about if he got to the point of like, this doesn't line up with Yahweh's ways, but if he allows this to happen and if for whatever reason this is what he desires, I'm going to do it. He will have to raise him up from the dead. And it concludes in verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 11. And in a sense, he did receive him back from there, from the dead. He reasoned that Elohim was able to raise him up even from the dead. Yeah, if we get to that point, Yahweh can do whatever he wants to do. But me and my son are walking down. Again, Abraham knew his Elohim, and he knew what he had promised him. He would have offspring to the nations. Okay? Therefore, how he responded to what Yahweh asked of him was based upon the entirety of what Yahweh had said. Oh boy, is that a point in, in, in New Testament church. <laughs> we have Jesus instituted a new religion. We all walk according to the Spirit now. We're Spirit-led people in the law of liberty. <laughs> We're in freedom. We don't do like all those guys had to do before us. Now we're free. I don't think Abraham would be a promoter of this uh, New Age doctrine of just being led by the Spirit. I'm just a man of faith, brother. Okay. I'm looking real hard to see evidence and fruit that looks like Abraham. And friend, I don't see anything because you're so afraid of works. You're so afraid of righteous deeds. But that's not the case with Abraham. Abraham moved actions. And he based his actions on the entirety of Yahweh's character. And friends, here's something for you to be humbled by that humbles me greatly. I'll put it all on me. I don't know Yahweh's character enough. I don't know him enough. I don't know how he has dealt with man enough to read something now in... I don't know, in Galatians 6, and instantly know that's, that points, that does not disagree. That explains Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm just making up stuff. But it takes time to understand and learn Yahweh's character, because he changes not. And Abraham knew that, which caused him to be a man of faith, not a man of just blind faith, willy-nilly, trusting God over here. Let's go, son. No. However Abraham got there, we can only wonder. But it is his great faith in action. Okay. Works. Works. That gives us this incredible account. It would have meant nothing if Yahweh said, Hey, Abraham, are you willing to take your, your son whom you love up that mountain and kill him and present him to me as an offering? If it was just posed like a question, would you do that? Abraham says, Yes, Father. Yes, I would do that. Okay, just wanted to know, is that faith? That Because in Christianity today, in 2023, that's how we explain faith. If God asks some of you, you say yes. Say yes. God knows your heart. Just say yes, brother. Yield to the Spirit. No. It was asked of him and required of him. To be a man of faith is to be a man who moves. Actions 
demonstrating the faith. Okay? Faith means nothing if it's merely some inward mental assent. Faith costs us greatly. And because of Abraham's great faith, look at the incredible reward that enabled Father's promises to him and his offspring, his seed, to do exactly what he promised because of Abraham's great faith that looked like something. So we're asking ourselves, how do we become men and women of faith like Abraham? One more part is coming up after this. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to email us questions, concerns, challenges, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com is the way to do it. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back for part three in the conclusion right after this. Amen.